coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Get in business is the freedom. What you're selling your stuff for and how much you need to be selling your stuff for too from prices. I would tell y'all what y'all did for these nuts. It, entrepreneurship for black people oftentimes is out of necessity. It's very rare that you have someone that was actually educated in business running a business. The Chick-fil-A on MLK is horrible. I'm just going to say it. To provide health care. How many young black people do y'all know that don't have health care? They niggas strong. They <laughs> y'all are humble in the sense of if I was doing half the shit y'all were doing, like I would have been top my shit. <laughs> if you want a community to really grow and scale and do some dope things with, come see us at the village. Check us you out. You want niggas dancing in your videos? <laughs> <laughs> come fuck with us. If you don't want to found it all in the business. <laughs> ready? Born ready. It's Wednesday. Just vibe with me, man. Check this out. If you are an entrepreneur, you want to go get your pen and pad. This episode is for you. Damn, son, where'd you find this? We're going to do it just like this. What's up, family? It's your boy, Elders. You are tuning to the Just Elders podcast, the greatest podcast to ever hit the airwaves. I'm super excited because we are about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. We say that every time, and we mean it every single time. Round of applause, round of applause. Before we get started, let me just thank each and every last person that tuned in to last week's episode. Episode 143. I need to focus on my podcast. Uh, very, uh, it was a good conversation. It was a good, it was a well needed conversation. Yeah, the, the, the people liked it. The people liked it for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I got a lot of good feedback. Me and Mark talked about the conversation. It actually worked out perfect that it was just me and Keith. Um, you know, and it only just speaks to where we're going. So this conversation, that conversation actually sparked what's about to happen today because Keith challenged me. <laughs> Keep pretty much said I've been getting lazy and I ain't been doing what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing and I ain't been having guests on the podcast. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. We're about to do it. We're going to have a great guest today. So, uh, today. Keep your heads down, keep your mouth shut and let me get us out of this. Like I got us out of every other motherfucking thing out. <laughs> Straight up out of everything. Uh, so look, um, I'm excited about this. This is a long overdue conversation. And this conversation is actually going to be very nostalgic too, because we got a lot of, uh, uh, business history, like just watching you guys do y'all thing. Y'all don't watch me do my thing. So we get like, I'm going to get some context behind some stuff that I've been seeing. And that now I want to know kind of how it all, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, without further ado, uh, if you are watching with our YouTube family, you see these two lovely guests with me. I want to introduce the co-founders um, of the Village Micro Fund. Please give a round of applause for Dante and Harriet. How y'all doing today? Um, first of all, thank y'all for coming on. Thank y'all for coming on. Um, I think this episode is going to be cool because I would argue that y'all are a hidden gem in Atlanta. A hidden gem in plain sight, if that makes sense. I would say that. Meaning y'all are doing amazing work and y'all are out there grinding. Um, y'all are known by the people. But when I say hidden in plain sight, I don't think people know how impactful your work is. I don't think people know how much y'all have done, how many businesses that we know that y'all have affected. I don't think people know. So this is going to be an opportunity to kind of. Talk about all of that. So, real fast, can y'all just introduce yourselves? Tell the people who you are and what y'all do. Let's set the stage that way. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Harriet Williams. I am one of the co-founders and vice president of Village Micro Fund. Um, you know, I just I made a, a home a house. No, a house a home. <laughs> there we go. I made a house a home at the village. So, 
I do a lot of the operations and just working with Dante, getting it together, <laughs> making our dreams happen. Yeah, Harry keeps the car moving. Um, but uh, I'm Dante. I'm with the Village Microphone as a president and co-founder as well. And yeah, we teach, we invest, and we support black businesses. So the teaching part, we have a class. Um, people like to say we graduate frat lines because it really is a village once they come out. You know, we really talk about everything from how to think about business to, you know, just like even founders therapy, right? Because this is stressful and this is lonely. Um, so we try to address the whole entrepreneur. Then once you're done with that, we can invest in you, but, uh, we get the business, I mean, um, the community around you to actually invest in you. So, so among many other things, which we'll get further into. So it's dope. I, I, first of all, the founders therapy is why I really called y'all because, uh, I came in last week to, I ain't stressing today because it's been a lot of stressful shit that be happening around and I'm not letting that affect what I got going on. So I want to talk about y'all founders therapy and the tools to get us there, but let's go to the Genesis. Uh, when did we start and like, what was that story? What's the origin story? The origin story. I mean, um, so what year? It started in 2013, really. It was a summer. Um, me and Nate had just made it to Goldman Sachs. You know, Morehouse had kind of sold us that pipe dream of like, you know, if you're smart and you want to do business, <laughs> you want to go to Wall Street, you know. And uh, like Goldman Sachs was the top of that. So we were the only two people from Morehouse that actually got to make it up there. And we just saw how things moved. And we realized like this is a system that works well for the people that it was built for. It just wasn't built for us. Like we were the pieces <laughs> right. like we, we weren't, this wasn't for us. So we we're like, what would this actually look like if you take this level of rigor um, and took it back to the people that actually needed the most. And we kind of just came back literally, you know, straight from straight back to Morehouse and, and had our first class to just see if we could help. So y'all, y'all were the spooks that sat by the door of Goldman set. So what were you doing at Goldman? What, what did you get hired for? Um, we were just on a trading desk. So like, uh, it was like a rotational thing. I was on a few different desks, but like a big one was like electronic trading. And it's interesting to see just like how much that's grown since then. And, uh, a lot of what we, what I kind of think of when we're trying to build these models are like things that we learn when we're up there. Um, but yeah, on the trading desk. So if you ever seen like the Wall Street movies, when they be like, y'all was the <laughs> niggas with the paper, like, hey, blah, 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 blah. like, I mean, everything's now over phone and you got to chat. So people just type it in the chat. It's not like, you know, you got to yell at each other anymore. But Fellas, no. So, all right. So you came in 2013. So I didn't even realize it was that long. So 2013 is a minute because we started spending, we first talked about Spinify in August 2015. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so y'all been around a long time. Um, I mean, it, the village is really just an idea in 2013. Uh, we really officially got down in 2014, but it was like that summer was when we started talking about it and we kind of like started scheming and putting a plan together. Yeah. All right. When, when did y'all do y'all first cohort and what what did that look like? Um, so actually, uh, y'all know Keitra? Who? Keitra. Keitra. Marty's. Uh, I don't know, um, well, yeah, she's actually at Pittsburgh Yards now, but she was like the first person we ever worked with. And uh, she had, it was Westview Pizza Cafe back then. So she had a restaurant. Okay. I do remember mm -hmm. the pizza cafe. I do remember that. Yeah. She had a restaurant. Everybody would just spend all this time talking to each other. It was like in a rapidly gentrified neighborhood, of course. And, um, people ended up talking to each other because the pizza would take forever. She needed a new stove. Um, so together is like, we started looking at her business, realized she didn't have her accounting together, helped her out with that. And then we got a party together and just raised money out of the party to actually give her a loan. So she raised like $6,000, bought a new stove, actually paid the loan back. We paid the investors plus like a little bit extra, you know? So it's actually the people that shop there every day could invest and actually make a return. And we were like, this works, but what if we could do it in a class? So the first class really happened around 2015. 2014, I want to say. Um, and yeah, it was in fall, probably fall 2014. And yeah, we've just been doing one in the spring and the fall since then and just kind of building the class. So when you talk about, you said something real important because this is shit that I just figured out in trial and error. So y'all came in, we got their accounting right. Like she opened up her books 
y'all brought accountant. Like, what does that look like? Talk about the detail. I mean, like, you said a lot of dope shit, but it was just like, yeah, we did accountant. Like, that's a major fucking deal. Like, I, I, my accountant was shit. Like, up until like three years ago. Like, I mean, my money look, in cash yeah. out, PayPal. <laughs> Goddamn, like pulling out. Like, my shit was fucked up. Hey, look, I'm not even gonna cut, man. We were far from perfect in our own accounting, but it's just like as an accounting student, um, she didn't know how much her things cost. So I had to break down, like, okay, watch her actually make pizza. How much cheese goes into this? How much, like, of each individual thing? And help her realize, like, okay, how much you're selling your stuff for and how much you need to be selling your stuff for, too, from prices. Because that's, like, that's a big issue with most entrepreneurs. They don't know how to price their items or price their services. So you're losing money. If you're selling a pizza for $10 and it costs you $9 to make it. Can y'all do that for any business? Are are y'all pretty good at like, so I got an OnlyFans <laughs> and I need to know <laughs> the cost for my product and services. Y'all, like, y'all can help me do that. How much the picture of my feet cost? <laughs> nah, so, oh. Um, What's your niche? <laughs> so, um, 2014, I re- I'm trying to figure out, were, were y'all over there off of Bankhead? For a while. Yeah. That's where I remember y'all. We're a little bit everywhere. It's like at that point, we were really just in coffee shops. Um, coffee shops. We taught the class out of Morehouse for the most part. Um, but yeah, we in Bankhead. Oh yeah. Cause y'all was at the cafe in the West End J spot. I remember that. Bounced around everywhere. Where do you come in here? What year? So 2016 is when I first met, I've met Dante first before I met (laughs) Nate, Nate and, um, Ironically enough, Keetra is who introduced us. I had gotten laid off from our corporate job and was a little bored and decided to, because we all lived in the same neighborhood, decided to volunteer for some black businesses because I have a business degree. And I'm like, you know what? Why not give back to my community? So with this, uh, I worked with Keetra. I met Dante and decided to take my business, which was called the Tubman Group, through Village Microphone. Getting businesses to freedom. And so uh, after that point, you know, Dante and Nate fell so in love with me, and we realized that we had a lot of synergy. And at that time, I merged the Tubman Group into the Village, and here we are at the Village. So I recently found that out by you when you were talking, and I think that's a big deal we got to sit on like um you know we heard Issa talk about we should be networking lateral you know what I'm saying we were working together like the fact that you merged your company and joined another and y'all were willing to even let her come in as an equal when y'all been going for two years like that's a big deal and I feel like there's a lot that's like a a way for a lot of people because there's a lot of people that want to be an entrepreneur but you're not necessarily an entrepreneur but you would be a great support to a startup team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that y'all had the insight to really bring that thing together. So what was the class where you felt like y'all found y'all sauce? Like we got it. We did it right. Um, that was funny was enough. Uh, <laughs> I say it was two different ones. Cause it was, uh, there was one class and I feel like that was a class that actually led to us really getting funded. Like for real. And that was actually your class. Uh, the class oh, yes, that she graduated. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so when Harry's class graduated, it was really, uh, you know, Tanae was there, uh, Janelle was there, and it was like they were the, some of the first people to really like bet on us big in terms of, you know, supporting us and actually getting us to a salary. Um, so that was like the first one. You can give, you can give it up. We can talk sauce. We can talk sauce. Numbers. <laughs> we can talk numbers. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I ain't impressed. I ain't impressed. We're living in poverty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, they were, they were definitely helpful in that. And then, um, what class would you say? I would uh, say, I don't, is it, what was it, 2018 with Lewis and April and Brandy and Jamel from just oh, yeah. I would tell y'all what y'all did for these nuts, like, that nigga shit on point. Like, for real, for real. I mean, we, 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 I used to have, like, as y'all can no, see. No, we, we, we fuck with Louis, Louis D. Like, them, these yeah. nuts were good. Like, they paused. Yeah, he paused. Like, he gave us some. And yeah, we, we had them on the wall, but they were good, so we ate yeah. them. But, like, the packaging, <laughs> the, how y'all really helped his branding. Like, I remember what his shit was before he went to y'all class, and that shit went up. Like, so, Louis was like, 
and just being real, Lewis was when I started looking at y'all like, oh, these niggas going crazy over here. <laughs> like for real, for real. Because it y'all are y'all are humble in the sense of if I was doing half the shit y'all were doing, like I would have been top my shit. <laughs> like, and y'all just haven't been talking that shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all just been doing the work, which is a good thing. But in Atlanta, it's like you almost got to talk your shit to go to the next level, almost in a sense. Yeah, um, y'all are a city that respects branding. Huh? <laughs> so y'all are a city that respects branding. Yes, we yeah. are. A city. We, we we respect the uh, the label. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what the fuck you wear? What the fuck? You, like, what the fuck you driving? Like that shit matters in Atlanta. Bro. <laughs> That's why discount malls still be popping because it's just about the label. Right. Oh, you know what I'm they don't, they don't be looking at the from. authenticity of it. They don't be looking at the real work. That's why you can wear some shit at the fucking flea market in Atlanta because nobody looking at like they ain't doing what they used to do in middle school. When they used to pop that tab in middle school, you pop that got that shirt. I mean, let me see yeah. what they got. There. That's a real throwback. <laughs> let me see that tag. So, like, I love that about y'all, but I also, again, after you all came to the Russell, we're gonna get there in a second. Like, that's when I realized I'm like, oh, these motherfuckers are really just. Cause if you ain't paying attention, you don't know. You just see y'all doing y'all thing and you just don't really know. So, uh, talk about the funding. When you say, uh, you all, when the person first bet on you, can you talk, talk to entrepreneurs about that process of pitching and trying to get ideas? Like I've been through the, I've never got funding. I'm gonna be real. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I just have, I've been a bootstrap shouter. Like yeah, honestly, like- Atlanta is not like a huge city for funding. You know, like a lot of these businesses that you do see, like get these huge investments and huge check sizes, they went out of town mm-hmm. and then they came back with the money. Um, so yeah, I mean, Atlanta is a, a tough city for it. And that's why like our services are even more, ne- more so necessary. It was like we were doing that for, for real, for like four years before it really. Like before we really got a salary. And why she, why she gave you a chance? Like what, what, what did she say or what did y'all pitch her? Was it? It wasn't even a pitch at that point, I think. Cause it was like, um, the thing about him, like getting funding like that is it's a relationship. So it's like we knew them like a year before that. You know, we had been having conversations for about a year before that. Um, and we had been through the whole process of like, you know, come to like all the come meet all the other nonprofit players in the city. So he was really doing this work, you know, collaborating with people, sharing information. And it was really just them coming to the graduation. Like at the end of our cohort, we have this graduation where, you know, every entrepreneur pitches. Uh we bring the community together. We usually try to have like a performance in the middle too, because art is important. Um but oh, that's, dope. that's when we uh that's when we raise money for these entrepreneurs. And they were just really impressed um, by what they saw. So it was like, yeah, that the conversation had been going on over a year, but it, until they came and actually sat there and like saw our work until like they were able to touch it and actually talk to entrepreneurs about it, like they didn't really get a picture for it. And then at that point, it's a lot easier, but. Um, I mean, and I would say consistency, like yeah. we kept grinding, like kept doing it. Like, that's also the difference between like village and a lot of other nonprofits is like, we'll do the work and not get paid. Like it's not even about the paycheck. Like, of course we have to live, but it's about the community. It's about the work that needs to be done. So here you, you do operations and that's so important because like you said, Oh girl, amazing pizza. Well, it's taking fucking forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I can't even, I don't even want to eat here no more because the, the operation, like prime example, the Chick-fil-A on MLK is horrible. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> you uh, need to have to cover oh, the Chick-fil-A like that, okay? Horrible. No. And, and, and the only reason I can say this, because I'm a Chick-fil-A one member. I have 20,000 points okay. in my app. Yeah, yeah. Like, respect my shit. So it's like, I give so much support to Chick-fil-A's mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, Shadi, you're gonna have to put some respect on my shit. It, like, it's, it's a special situation. And it's, it's a, it's a, Thank sis- you. It's this- a special situation <laughs> that Chick-fil-A It's the is systems. Doing. It's the operation. It's it, a management. It is, and I agree with that, but no, being privy to other information, there's some barriers <laughs> that that Chick-fil-A has that others don't have to worry about. And yeah. so if, if they didn't have to All worry right, about let's those Let's get barriers, into it. Like what? <laughs> Now we got to get into it. <laughs> now, now we got to get into it. 
Pretty much. This, this ain't our information. Well. Yeah, it's not. It's not it. But just know that there, when when that Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A usually is very intentional about where they open, and usually there's a certain demographic, there's a cer- cer- certain socioeconomic status that where Chick Fil A is. You don't see Chick Fil A's in every hood. You see them the one on MLK. Exactly, and it's booming. It ain't like that. Took away from it. Ain't like. People in the hood order a different number one than white people in Buckhead. It's the same fucking right. number one. But with this one specifically, because of where it was, where it was and what it was supposed to represent, you have to have a certain demographic of people working there. They have to live in certain zip codes. At other Chick-fil-A's, you don't have to worry about that. You can hire whoever you want that's going to say my pleasure at the end of giving you your meal. So that's what I'm saying. There's a different barriers. <laughs> 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 All right. So, so I will say this. So, that whole that whole area, that whole area of MLK, even at Walmart, that Walmart was a very special project because a super, a super uh, what they call them, super Walmarts right. are normally larger. Like they literally squeezed the super Walmart just to make it work. Well, it was a Publix previously. Yeah, so they tried. They so they have special made a lot of special additions in that community. I give you that, but all I'm saying is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still got to go here. There is even the people you got to hire for a specific neighborhood. And even if it's that, there's a level of leadership. I've never even seen. Now you can hire a manager. I don't care what you say. Right. Go straight up MLK to that Burger King. I know one of those sisters right there across the street from the wrestler. She be holding that motherfucker down. Got the same. The cousins that work at Burger King or the cousins that work at Chick-fil-A. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so all I'm saying is there is a level. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta talk about management. And that's what you're doing for that. That's where the segue was going. Like you brought, you brought the sauce. Management is the sauce. Yeah. Like I don't care how good the food is. Your management, your systems can make me not fuck with you. And I love Chick-fil-A, but I can't fuck with MLK. Like, and now I always do it because I'm a glutton for pain. You know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> I, I'm just talking about what do you see that you brought to the table here that really took us from here to there because the systems wasn't in place? Well, I would say just my background. So I have a, a management information systems degree. So it's, I've always been in systems and then going to corporate America and working in the big four accounting for like five years, you learn a lot. You see how things work. You see how organization happens, what to do, what not to do. And that experience really taught me how I wanted to lead an organization, how an organization should be led with thinking about their most valuable resource. Cause in corporate America, they don't, they don't give a fuck about people. Right. But what they fail to realize is people are your greatest resource. Right. Like they are the, the, the lifeline of your business. And if you don't have good people who are, who are loyal, who trust management or leadership, who are excited about what they do, your stuff is going to crumble. Right. So what do y'all see right now? with entrepreneurs y'all dealing with y'all dealing with, what I love about y'all y'all dealing with entrepreneurs on all level all industries what are some of the common denominators outside of the obvious of funding yeah. and you know like what are some of the common denominators that we're working through I mean something that you'll honestly notice something that really came up during COVID is you realize that like these businesses that make up to like five million dollars a year and these businesses are like only hitting 20 um, they have a lot in common in the sense that it was like when COVID came out, no one had financial statements. When uh this came out, it was like, yeah, a lot I of ain't get no PPE money. like, and uh, I was scared to go to jail, so uh, like I ain't making shit a, either. A crazy statistic is like, yo, uh, ninety six percent of black businesses in Atlanta have zero to one employees. Um, so when you talk about PPE, it's like if you're not on payroll, you're not an employee. Like a lot of people were just paying themselves as contractors. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so when they go to apply for that, it's like they don't, they don't qualify for any money. And then it's just a lot of people are just good at what they're good at and they can build, you know, they can kind of build the pieces around them as they go. But it's like, no, it's very rare that you have someone that was actually educated in business running a business. Right. I mean, to even build, build on that, right? Like as entrepreneurship for black people oftentimes is out of necessity. The village was created out of necessity. The Tubman group was created out of necessity. And it was because like a lot of times 
the cookie lady Raisha, you you get laid off. You got to make the bills. Right. Oh, I I bake delicious cookies. Let me bake some cookies and make this a little hustle. Oh, I'm starting to make money with this. I can actually substitute my income. So then you just get caught in the hustle of actually making the money, but you didn't think of who's your target market. How much am I really selling these cookies for? Are am I selling them for the right amount? Right. So yeah, oftentimes. Yeah, some of these businesses that got to five million, it was just off of the hustle of being really good at what they were doing, but yeah. no structure or systems in place to make sure that everything was so, running right. So let me say why I know you're real. So I remember the first time where I was like, you know what, I need to really figure this out because I'm making a little change, but I need to make sure. <laughs> so I brought in this accountant. Shout out to uh the Blade Accounting. Uh, she's dope. Shout out Crystal, and she sat me down and they did a forensic. A review of all of my shit. Like they went through cash app transactions. They went through. Speaking of, like that shit embarrassing. <laughs> like when you see how many like OnlyFans, like like little shit, like five dollars here, ten dollars. That shit embarrassing. Like we got accountant going through that. She went through banks. She called banks that I had bank accounts closed. Pulled those statements. Like she literally took a deep dive, and then she showed me my numbers. She and, and she tells it. I'm gonna tell you the story. Of your business through your numbers. And she told me my story, man. And I thought I was the man, right? Until like you show you show gross. And then she like added up all the expenses. And they're like, oh yeah, I, I'm not in the black. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm in the black, but I, I wasn't in the black. But accounting did that for me. So to piggyback off of that, what is like a big myth in black business? Um buying followers on Instagram. <laughs> Hold on, you said you said businesses are doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are buying followers on now, Instagram. Now I ain't gonna lie, and we got if we got had a conversation, let's have a, I heard that a lot of people verifications are fake on Instagram, and this is how you tell the difference between a real verification and a fake verification. Let's pick somebody who we know is real, Barack Obama. Would you say? Yeah, he's, he's real. He's real. Okay. So we go to Barack Obama's page. Be the counter-example? Huh? I said, who's going to be the counterexample? <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do a local nigga. <laughs> I'm going to do a local nigga. <laughs> so look, boom. You see the three, the three dots. When you go to the profile, you hit the three dots at the top corner. And then there will be a about this account. Oh, okay. So when you click about this account, it then pulls up a different level of stats. If you can't find about this account, supposedly <laughs> your blue check is fake. <laughs> now look, when I found that shit out, I went ham. <laughs> I went to this person. I went to that person. I was like, okay, I'm not. So then I started looking up on uh YouTube because you know maybe that shit wrong. Like some people say it's. I looked on some comments and said, that's not true. If they got about, it's because the person got a lot of traffic. Well, I'm like, well, this person got a lot of traffic too. You know what I'm saying? And then I see, then I was trying, like, can I find a, um, uh, can I find a, what's the name, uh, account that don't have a lot of old followers with the same thing? Cause if it's about that, it's probably not about that. But I ain't, I ain't dive as deep in it, but I did. If you research that, how to know if a verification is fake? Yeah, look, like it'll come up that way. So th- I heard this as well though. So the verification is important if people are making fake pages of that actual person's page. Right. So like that's when you can apply for verification. It's like yeah. some so many people have made fake pages, even if you're a local. And, and the thing is, it's but they still got discretion because <laughs> when I found that out, I created ten fake pages of myself ah, okay. and I reported all of them. Maybe that don't work. Hey, look, I'm just saying. We just said in the beginning, Atlanta takes attention to the label. So when a motherfucker like, oh, let's link up, bro. What you let me get your IG, yeah. and then they see that K behind your number or they see that blue, they listen a little bit harder. It just is what it is. Like we gotta have a real conversation. It's unfortunate, but but yeah. it's that. It started out. I, I didn't even know fake verification were a thing for starters. Uh, but yeah, it did start off because people were making fake pages. But ultimately, it becomes about clout thing. Yeah. You need attention. Yeah, it's, it's it's the it's the leading <laughs> thing because yeah, you can well, like it. when everybody was investing in fan base, I was looking at the one that gave you verification. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to yeah. I want to get verified. 
the last thing I will say though, I think it depends on the business. Cause I like what, what everybody's saying about business, but the branding is important. So if I am a rapper and I don't have a physical product to sell, I could go buy followers. I could go buy a verification because that is going to make somebody listen hard. Yeah. If I'm selling a tangible product and I'm building a community online, buying followers is not going to do anything because, you know, nobody's in your comment section. Nobody's engaging with each other. Nobody's mm-hmm. having yeah. you know, traffic to your website. 50,000 followers I feel and 100 and no likes. Cli- no click through. I, t- I, t- I feel a certain type of way with it because Ocho yeah. talked about it on Jury. Ocho said he got money, but he buy fake Jury. He said it looked the same and nobody going to question me. So I'm like, is he, is he flexing or is he smart? You know what I'm saying? Like it's all. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, you know, some real, some fake. I'm not because, because I don't have a lot of followers, but I have a lot of influence. Like the most people with all these following, like if you challenge me to who can turn out the most people in real life, like ain't many people can see me. And because of that, I want to know if people that follow me, I know that I get a really high engagement because I test my credit with my following all the time. I'm either raising some type of scholarship. I'm trying to help somebody in the community. And the way my community responds to me, let me know that they're real. If they all over there in India, like, and, you know what I'm saying? They all got these Russian accounts. I'm a little, the motherfuckers ain't donating. So that's why I don't manipulate or fuck up my numbers. Yeah. And I mean, I was just saying buying followers just because I feel like, so it's a double edged sword, right? Social media is important in the day and age that we live in, but a, a lot of entrepreneurs will focus solely on that and not focus on their product, not focus on their service. And then when they're like, well, I have all these followers, but are they engaging with you? Are they buying your product? So you're, you're just investing time in, in concern in something that doesn't really matter to your business. So what about, um, what about, let's go to employees real fast. I know we got, we got some time. We got speed up. Uh, you talked about most people got zero to five employees, even with zero uh, to one. Yeah. Zero. zero Which zero means they one. can't even hire themselves. Most Which means yeah. that they're, they're not even a CEO of their business. They're an employee of their business. Well, not even an employee actually. I'm sorry. Can you talk about the difference there? Because that's something that I've learned recently as well, right? When you start a business, a lot of times you'll say, I'm the CEO and founder, but most people aren't. So like, what is your definition? How do you actually change from being working in the business to then working on the business? Like, I mean, it's just, again, it's just a matter of like whether or not you're a contractor or not. It's like, uh, if you're a contractor, you have to pay your taxes individually. If you are an employee, your business collects your taxes out of your check and then pays, you know, the government on that behalf. Um, it's just, it's subtle differences. It just makes a difference in terms of taxes. Right. It's like when you pay your taxes and how you pay your taxes. So an example is like Jeff Bezos is not at the Amazon factory fulfilling packages. Like if you're a CEO of your business, you don't have, you have to delegate, you have to lead, you have to have people who are doing the day-to-day tasks because if you don't, then you are an employee. And buying an LLC does not make you a CEO. No. It's just a lot of letters, but I just wanted to throw that out. Mm-hmm. It's not that. a verification. Fuck that. I was a CEO when I got money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's that's what y'all talking about? What y'all talking about? When I got that, I paid that one fifty, nigga. Yeah. I was CEO of this motherfucker. And it's also like <laughs> if you're an employee, you can get unemployment. You know, a lot of these people, like if, you know, the contractors, when shit gets hard in terms of business, it's like you can't file for unemployment. I could be transparent. Like we don't have employees at just immediate. We have mm-hmm. contractors, and if we go down, they're fucked. But like, <laughs> God, man, God, like, but, but. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't gonna have no mic and just not too funny. I rebuke them. No, I'm just saying we're not going down. But I'm just saying, <laughs> trap. Y'all, y'all go to that Patreon episode. See what happened. <laughs> exactly right. So what, what I'm saying is, we don't have like we have independent contractors, right? You know what I'm saying, and hopefully. We'll be tra- like we're actually in the process of making that transition now. When we brought Crystal on, she really just helping us with our numbers and budgets and all that stuff. But um, going to hiring, when people talk about that, I don't think people talk about that first one to three hires, how it makes and break you, right? Like, and you have no room for error because it's like 
Like this ain't a job, you know what I'm saying? Talk about that, and, and I know y'all just hired a new team. Y'all expanded, yes. So talk about y'all. That's too. where systems and culture right. comes into place. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. but even before that, could we like dial it back one, one, one little dial back? Right. No. So w- w- why, why employees are important? Like, if you think about like the average, uh, what median income of black people in Atlanta is like thirty thousand dollars and so for me at the village it was very important that we paid people adequately I don't understand people working for nonprofits and you have to get food stamps or you you know you struggling how are you struggling helping folks so it was very important for us to pay our employees to provide health care how many young black people do y'all know that don't have health care these niggas strong to provide a four weeks vacation you know it's about the 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 quality of life right and at the village we we strive to have a quality of life that not many can others can afford so it also is building loyalty because we looking out for our folks and they're looking out for us how many y'all got how many employees Seven. Well, seven. Well, seven and a half. Full time. Yeah. Seven full time. Woo! Damn. Talk that talk. Give them motherfuckers an air horn, bro. Like, goddamn, like, talk that talk. So look, oh, because you talked about hiring. What about firing? That's touchy, Dante. You want to go with that? <laughs> well, we're in the process. So. <laughs> Nah, I mean, um, it's like, again, it, it comes down to like culture and, and systems. Like we fired contractors because Maybe. you realize like, yeah, Not like, hard. um, <laughs> but it's too hard <laughs> to talk about the, the village and hiring everybody mm. that is on staff, except for one has been an entrepreneur at one point or is currently also an entrepreneur and they have taken their business through the village. So it's a very different kind of vibe because we kind of vetted everybody yeah. before they came on board. Foreign so it is very important to yeah. know who you're hiring. Um, Pretty but, much it's hard to fire anybody over there. <laughs> that's what I hear. That's, that's all I heard. Like it, It's going to be pretty hard. Because that's something that Gary Vee talks about a lot. He says that's the most important decision he made is when he started firing his team. It was more important than even hiring because he had to know who to let go so he can actually grow. Versus yeah. just who to hire. Because sometimes you will make mistakes, to Elder's point. Yeah. Like, it's your first couple of people that you're hiring. You may not be the best judge of character. But to keep them around and, you know. Uh, only caveat I'm uh, going to put on that, he yeah. white. We keep going. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to know when. Like, like, you should be talking about firing. <laughs> I don't be trusting like, white men business like that. In, in most situations, it's, it's, a, it's a co-responsibility thing. Like. If you're working on a project with somebody and they're not delivering what you're asking for, maybe it's because you didn't communicate it well. You know, so you have to go back to the drawing board. How do I make this more clear in what I was trying to say? Um, you have to know that it's time to fire when you realize that that person is not aiming up. It's like. So, you- so let me tell you why that's so real. And, and, and even with me, like be another transparent one with our team, like there's stuff that I'd be wanting done, but I always have to check myself. Did I clarify or did I put the systems in place? Did I put the tools in place to make this process to not only execute seamless, but to even manage? Did you I know what I mean? Healthcare in place. <laughs> yeah, like, Cause I'm being real. Like these niggas be getting sick and I'm like, Hey, well, I ain't giving healthcare. So I'm like, motherfucker, I guess. I guess we can, I, 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 I guess we can take a delay. <laughs> Yeah, my mother's a praying woman. <laughs> so, uh, nah, I definitely feel that. And that's what I be wanting to talk to people on. Like, I be telling most people, most people ain't ready for what they want. People want an investor, but you ain't ready for the meeting. Mm. People want an employee, but you ain't ready for the hire. Like, do you know their job description? Do you have the system? Do you have, do you know how you're going to manage that person? Most people don't have that. Give some people some tips. How do you do it? And I love that y'all all came from corporate America. Y'all some spooks, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all some spooks that come back to the people. I like that shit. Uh, first, first, uh, tip would be know exactly what you need. So write that down. So a lot of times you're like, Oh, I need help, but what tasks do you need help with? That will help you. But. How do you know if you doing too much? Cause like that first, like I'm about to hire this person. I'm about to pay this person $7.50 an hour. Yeah. And I want them to do this, this. Like, how do you know? Like, all right, nigga, you, 
you asking too much for this one person. Because like, people will tell you. <laughs> well, not, well, well, nigga, uh, nigga, well, I'm a, I'm a try to make a deal of sweet for me anyway. Yeah. So, like, how do you as I mean, a boss fairly assess what is enough and what is too much? Well, for me, I, I will go online. Like, say, if we need a, a PR and communication manager, I'll go online and just research what tasks those people do in whatever job right. and just kind of change it to what we need at the village. So it's like market research almost. Gotcha. Workable is a good resource for the people out there. Y'all ever seen workable? Mm. No. Work Google workable. They literally have a job description for every industry out there. Yeah. yeah they got a meeting set. So Google workable. Y'all is dope. Okay. Yeah. So, so let me ask y'all this, um, to, to define yourself as an entrepreneur. Do you have to have employees like, what about the solopreneur or the creative that wants to be independent? Is there, is there a lane in entrepreneurship? Or I think, I think that's the business, business owner versus yeah. entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is the LLC. Yeah. Like the business owner is Jeff Bezos. I, I own Amazon. Yeah. It's like not everyone wants to run a business and it's like managing people is hard. Like that's, it's difficult, you know? So yeah, it's like, it's, it's perfectly fine that some people want to stay as one person, but you just have to be clear about that from jump. And if you're one person, you have to understand that like, there's a lot of different moving pieces of business. And it's like, are you going to do all that as one person? Like you're probably going to need some contractors at the very least, you know, you're not doing your own accounting. You should not be doing your own legal, you know, (laughs) shout out to the lion's den. We love y'all. Talk to us about where we going. Y'all let's talk your shit. What's happening. I seen y'all just announced a new cohort. I seen y'all uh posting and then I like how y'all posting a uh, Marvel picture. Motherfucker looking like uh goddamn the Avengers on that bitch. I seen y'all. Tell that Thanos on that bitch. Exactly. So, uh, talk to us about it. you got a new cohort. What are y'all expecting from these guys? What can they expect at the end? How can we help for it as a community? Let's get into that. So th- we have an amazing group of entrepreneurs. I would say this is one of my favorites thus far. It's in, it's in the top five. How many? Uh, we have 16. 16. Why we weren't in there? <laughs> you didn't, you didn't fill out the application. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, I want to get down now. You know what I'm saying? Kind of, we can, we can make your dreams happen. Is it too late? Can I get in this thing? No, you can get in the next one. Starts in August. So we have two per <laughs> year. Can I pay to get in this? No. It's free. Exactly. You can't pay us off. But I can't get in it. Like, like, hey you know, man, I'm, these are spooks, man. I'm a, I'm, a firm, I'm a firm believer rules are for normal people. If I'm saying I'm gonna bring some real value, like I want to get into this class. I mean, you, you want to get in on a class because like you miss a lot of dope sessions. Yeah. Like we had a uh, financial therapy just last class. Yes. And um, money how many classes I don't miss? Uh, we have two weeks. It's been you've missed at least ten. Man, that's high school. I still graduated. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like not all right, keep going, keep going. So we have a mentorship dinner next week. It's really exciting. One of the things that we highlight in our uh cohort is the cyclical nature of business and each one teach one kind of thing. Yeah. So we have some of our uh our alumni coming back to instill their knowledge. Um, and then our graduation is in May. So look on our Instagram for that. But what the graduation is this time, we're doing more of an expo. So there will be businesses that you can support, support monetarily. There will be a pitch competition. This last time we implemented, uh, with the pitch is a 5,000, 3,000 and $2,000 prize for our entrepreneurs. And that's a grant. So don't have to pay that back. Uh, so yeah, it's just going to be a fun time in, in May and look on our Instagram for that information. Yeah. And, um, a lot of them will also be probably raising Kiva loans as well. Uh, I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with Kiva, but it's essentially raising 0% loans from the community, which means that you pay it back, but you know, no interest. So that's one way that we actually, uh, use the community to raise money for these entrepreneurs. Can you say that again? Kiva. Kiva. Yes. K-I-V-A. Okay. What's, what's typically the size of those loans? Um, up to 15,000. We can match you up to half right. of it. So, so the average has been like 7,500, but mm-hmm. yes, up to 15K. We're, we have this partnership with Lisk. Shout out to Lisk. Uh, and pretty much until the money runs out, if you are applying for a loan and you mention us, you can get, uh, half of it matched. And so you'll, you're, you will raise it quicker. Like the ones that we've been raising have been within a month. Yeah. So, you know, people think of crowdfunding is going to take four or five months for me to get what I need. No, we, we get you in and out. That's dope. That's dope. Um, 
Talk to us about uh, the next class. When is it after this one? When do you open up application? Just in case I want to. <coughs> Applications will be open in June, which is sooner than later. I'm going to be too big by then. Hell, I'm What about, um, uh, I had another question before I end this last thing. Um, there's a lot of people helping black businesses in Atlanta. There's a lot of cohorts, classes, uh, training. What separates you? What, what it's separates you from the pack? We're not just a cohort. It's like we have, we have a few things. One is the community. It's like, I don't believe that there's a business community like ours in the city. Um, so that's one part. Two is the money. And it's like, even though there are a lot of organizations giving black businesses money, the way in which we try to give money, it's like these models, again, they aren't built for us. And it's very rare that you see someone in finance trying to rethink these things. They are usually trying to like do the same thing. Oh, we could do a VC. Let's just make it black. Um, and it's like, no, like the VC model doesn't work for most businesses, period. And definitely not most of us. Um, so like, what does it look like to build an alternative to that? Like everyone's trying to get the businesses that are making 10 X's. What does it look like for the businesses that make 30 to 50% every year? You know, that's beating most stock investors, you know? So it's like, we think about finance differently. And then it's like in the education, it's not just, we aren't just having a speaker series, you know, we're, we're actually teaching them, working them through their own business. Like they're, and they're coaching them through it. They get one-on-one mentoring. They get uh, access to our consultants that we've already used. So we know they're hard. Like we know they're good. Um, we have and- a curriculum that we built. Put some respect on my name. Um, But to add to Dante, I don't know if you have more you had to say, but I was just, uh, because one thing that one of our our friends pointed out is that we're accessible. So you go through all these incubators and there's like a CEO. You never really get to meet that CEO unless it's like the end of the program, beginning of the program. We are literally in the class. Not me, not every day, but like we have relationships. (laughs) We're accessible. I mean, not every day, but we're accessible. We are. Like, every other day. Every other day. You know what I mean? Like, they can call me by name. We have connected. I will say, I do see y'all in y'all office. I see y'all. So, you know, it's a little different because we create a community. We create a family, a village. And we we really pride ourselves on that because we were getting an award last week. And, like, something that, like, really touched my heartstrings was that, People were talking about how our community really trusts us. Like I have so many businesses that are major businesses in Atlanta that will come to me and be like, Harry, I need X, Y, Z. Who do you recommend? And I'll be like, Oh, like these are the people. And it's just like, they know if I'm giving them these recommendations that it's I solid. it's solid and then they're not going to be, you know, taken advantage of or anything. So the trust we have with our, our entrepreneurs and then also in this, we, we really encourage collaboration. A lot of folks be talking about collaboration, but be stealing, but that's another podcast. Um, but but we encourage collaboration. So even now, so many of our businesses that are currently in the cohort are working together on bigger projects. Like, and people know that when you come into our cohort, your ideas will not get stolen. So, as I clear the fire smoke, no, that's a, no, that's that's a good one. Cause I was going to ask that question, like, how do y'all, like, how do y'all keep ideas from being stolen with all these businesses? Um, I mean, because you know, entrepreneurs think, but then some people go, "Oh, you know, I was already doing that. I thought about that." It's already. building. What's a the definition yeah. of stealing? I mean, but it's it's also about execution. It's like ideas, like trends, they come and go, but it's about execution. And oftentimes the person that came up with the idea has additional context that's going to make the execution different. It's like, you can, of course, put the legal protections in. You can say whatever you want in terms of like, okay, this is a safe environment where we all supposed to like be here for each other and not taken from each other. But at the end of the day, it, it comes down to execution. It's like, yeah, like someone has to raise your baby and that's a lot of work (laughs) but also trust and relationships so like Mm. just making sure that our entrepreneurs really rock with each other like after week one like so it's gonna be harder to steal from eldridge having a a relationship with y'all ain't fucking with me (laughs) (laughs) you know if if me and eldridge had never talked and i just know he's oh he owns just eldridge media but i don't know him like that you know so 
talk to us, um, you know, as we close, what do you want to tell the people? You know, y'all been doing this since 2013. Much respect. Uh, I started Spinify in 2016 when we launched. And I remember what y'all was doing. And I always tell people consistency is hard work are the ingredients to a delicious, successful entree. And y'all been doing it. Y'all doing y'all thing. Now. So, kind of, what do you want to tell the people? What What do you want from them? Oh, I got to start. Okay. Uh, just to piggyback on that, Eldridge. Yes, consistency. If you want to have a successful business, you need to have consistency, hard work, and dedication. I know we hear that a lot. But here at The Village, we are here for you, okay? It's lonely to be an entrepreneur, especially if you're the only entrepreneur in your family and you're asking people questions and they're like, I have no clue what you're talking about. I have, I don't have a business, right? Mm-hmm. In our community, we unfortunately don't have the the advantage or the the privilege to have knowledge, the knowledge transfer transfer of legacy businesses to current businesses. And that's something that we provide at the village. So if you need, if you need help with your business, if you want a community to really grow and scale and do some dope things with, come see us at the village. Check us you out. You want niggas dancing in your videos? <laughs> come fuck with us. And you don't want to found it all in the business. <laughs> selling product. I love it. I love it. Dante, you got anything, man? Um, I mean, uh, she, she hit the big points. Uh, come and support us when it's graduation. Yeah, we're going to be there. Huh? <laughs> The specific date I have to, uh, but follow yeah. us on IG. Mm-hmm. Follow us on IG. Village Microfund. Village Microfund.com as well. LinkedIn. I just yeah. dropped a LinkedIn article the other week. Do y'all got like recap videos where people can see past? We have a YouTube. Uh, we have a recap videos. Past on our programs. IG as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Links in the show notes. Links in the show notes. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. put, definitely put it in the show notes. Um, well, before I end, I want to close. I want to give you an idea. First of all, I love. The Tubman group, you know what I'm saying? The name of it was dope, but I just imagine like a promo. Like what if we brought back a program and a promo video is like somebody, <laughs> somebody walking in the office, like it's time to go. <laughs> We're going to freedom. <laughs> and, and, and you just got people running out of the office <laughs> because totally fair. I just thought about it. Hey, that I actually love, would be dope. I, I love so it. In the background. Follow me. <laughs> follow me. <laughs> hey man, cause you know, we always talked about, uh, getting the freedom. Um, and financial freedom is getting off. Of that plantation. Oh, so man. that would be our day on Twitter. We would be main characters that day. We would be the main characters that day. It's good. <laughs> we got insurance. <laughs> so, uh, man, uh, let me just say, y'all, we love y'all. We need y'all, but most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all. Another episode of Just Elders Podcast. Well, we do this and we do it well. See you next week. Take it away, Inc. Just a pastime. City with T.I. Outcast. Ooh, we everybody know about Atlanta. It's just a cool G. Everybody know about the scammers, about the trappers. And what we living now, it's just that lifestyle. Turn on my podcast. I'm trying to hit it real now. Hear perspective. We only keep it real now. Every day we on the grind. Sometimes it's hard to tune out the outside. Oh, oh, oh. It's just Eldridge, it's just Eldridge. Tune in on the podcast. Tune in on the podcast, yeah. Real things, you know we gon' last, yeah. Kick it back, kick it back, kick it back.